0: Welcome to the Groff show podcast. This is episode 14. I'm your host, Jackson Groff, uh, former University of Montana wide receiver and currently student assistant at the University of Montana for football. I'm senior this year in journalism. Woo Thank God. Expect to graduate uh, in May as well. A little different intro for this podcast as well. I'm going to start incorporating myself at in the beginning and the end of the podcast. So you guys get familiar with me. I know I don't really talk about myself that much. It's more about the guests and our conversation and our relationship and stuff like that. But I wanted to talk about myself a little bit. So to prep you for this episode, we play Eastern Washington this week. We just came off a nice bye, a nice Thanksgiving. Hope everyone's Thanksgiving was amazing. Ate so much food, took a big old food nap after. It was great. We were blessed. We were ranked sixth. In the FCS tournament, blessed to have playoffs, blessed to still be playing. I say blessed, 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 because we blessed, baby. You obviously know. uh, You see it. We own the state. You know what I'm saying? Beat the Cats. Defeated the Cats. Absolutely crapped on them. I'm not going to use the language. Crapped on them. Um, And, yeah, it was a good week to get healthy. Um, The team looks great. And we play Eastern Washington this week, Friday night. It's going to be a packed house, um, a rematch, Grizz versus Eagles 2.0. If you haven't already, make sure to follow The Groff Show on IG for exclusive content. We post a lot of stuff on there weekly. We, meaning myself, I'm a one man show. The Groff Show podcast is proud to be sponsored by Skyline Sports. Skyline Sports is an online multimedia content production organization providing comprehensive coverage of Big Sky conference Mm, yeah mm, you like that the Groff show is proud to partner with skyline sports your go-to source for all things grizz and big sky conference football be sure to visit skylinesportsmt.com today the link will be down below Um, without further ado enjoy the episode
1: at blackfoot communications our mission is to connect people businesses and communities to their networks in montana and beyond
0: Welcome back. Another Groff Show episode, Um, episode number 14. We got a special guest, special week as uh, Montana prepares to play Eastern. No one else I'd rather have on than uh, former Washington quarterback in 03. He is the current studio analyst and color commentator at Root Sports. He's known as the voice of the Big Sky Conference football, the one and only Taylor Barton. I appreciate you coming on, man.
2: Yeah, how about, how about that? We got a big sky matchup in the, uh, the playoffs.
0: I, I'm, I'm wearing this 406 hat because we do own the state, but I'll try not to be a little biased. Um, but I wanted to talk about uh, just kind of a little intro about yourself. Um, talk a little about, like, your, your playing time at uh, University of Washington. You played there in 03. Um, I apologize for Wazoo. That's upsetting. <laughs> and us beating them. But, yeah, just kind of yeah. elaborate on that.
2: Yeah, Tom needled me in our, our broadcast of our Montana games. He had to keep bringing up that UW victory. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hey, Montana went in and, and won that Bobby Hoke, uh, Obviously, very familiar there. Bobby had recruited me out of high school. So, I actually –
0: Oh, wow. I did not know that.
2: In I signed with the University of Colorado. Rick Neuheisel was the head coach. Bobby Houck was his right-hand man, like his recruiting guy. And mm-hmm. so I got very familiar with Bobby. I signed with Colorado. We were big 12 at the time. Now oh, wow. I my first year left. So I went down to San Francisco City College, uh, played mm-hmm. there for a year. Then I signed with UW, uh, finished up, and Bobby was on that staff with Rick at UW. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of my playing career and just kind of the time with Bobby. And then I, uh, I went when my career was done, and I uh, GA'd at Oregon State for a year. So um, now Colorado being in the Pac-12, three of the Pac-12 schools, I played at two, um, coached at one. So, um, you know, have good times with that conference. And then the Big Sky, so many of the the coaches that are are there uh, were coaches, you know, at Brent Myers at Weber State. He was, you know, at UW when I, I played there. So, mm-hmm. you know, Bobby at Montana. So uh, either guys that coached me or guys that I played with, um, or, you know, uh, against that are now, you know, coaching in the league. So it's been yeah. really put in the big sky for me to get familiar, um, doing the broadcast the last few years with all the, the programs and the Montana, Montana state rivalry and game is, I, I mean, I tell people like, put that on your bucket list in your lifetime, get to a brawl of the wild game in person. I mean, yeah. I think Missoula, both are incredible environments. Missoula, at that last game was was incredible but um Unreal. yeah pr- pretty amazing stuff
0: um yeah so I, as you said you ga to oregon state um what did you end up doing did you en- end up doing color commentating after that where did the idea of wanting to be a color commentator and like be with root sports come to come to fruition so it,
2: was, it was interesting because i i do uh, work in the offseason, I run events, seven on seven tournaments. I do college showcases. I do QB training. Um, mm. and so I'm working with all these kids and then I'm working with the colleges because they're recruiting the kids and the kids and families want to help the colleges. So, and I'm dealing with media. So I'm kind of like connected to, to everyone. And so I, I had a guy, I was living in Oregon at the time that said, you know, Hey, would you like to maybe do a, a radio game with me? Um, high school, um, in Oregon. And so, I did that for a year and then I got reached out to by um, the, the head guy at root um, mm-hmm. and just ask if, you know, we talked and then ask if I'd come in the studio and, and do a run through. And so I went in there for my first couple of years and was in studio um, doing everything and doing breakdowns, you know, pre-game, in-game, halftime, post-game analysis, all that. Yeah. Uh, and then it the, uh, about four years ago, Um, They sent me, or five years ago, sent me to do one big sky color commentary, you know, to just kind of get broken into that. Uh, And then, you know, now the the rest is history. The last few years I've been doing uh, every game uh, of it. And so it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I love it. I'm watching games anyway, right? I mean, you're yeah. a junkie. You're watching these games. If someone wants to come and pay you and say, hey, we'd love to come pay you to just talk about the game, what you're seeing," I was like, this is a layup. Like this is yeah ever. So I, I, I'm a little different though. And I think I come from a different perspective because I'm not trying to do this full time and be the, the, the goad at it. Mm-hmm. I just love doing this and it ties in with other things I do in business. So it makes it really fun because I just, I get to say what I say, be who I am, and I, I don't really care. And so it's kind of a, a freeing feeling. Yeah. Me. And so I just get to go do these games. And, I mean, look, i got to be at Brawl of the Wild. I've done Eastern Washington <clears throat> for state games. You know, you just – it's it's really cool to go see all the different campuses and stadiums and the games and talk to the coaches and yeah. you know, see so you guys go on and take bigger jobs. And, um, yeah, so it's a fun conference to cover for sure. Well, especially – it helps
0: too when it's an all-expense trip. I'm assuming that Root Sports – pays for all that you don't have to really pay for much
2: they don't pay for my poker losses for some reason <laughs> I went into on I'm Like, hey, okay so who gives me the money i lost in poker some reason they weren't having that but i mean when i come into town in montana um i always take the earliest friday morning flight so uh when i first came into the studio they'd usually the talent they'd fly in late friday night the latest flight they mm. get in and do the game saturday i'm like no I want the earliest Friday morning flight because I want to
0: get there at 9 a.m. I always see you out of practices and stuff. Yeah. I'm
2: going to go talk to the coaches. I want to go watch the the walkthrough. And then that night I go to the visiting team hotel and meet with their coaches because we do a conference call each week. But I know those coaches dread those calls. They don't like going (laughs) and dealing with the media and they're not going to be honest and open. They're, you know, they're just very vanilla and bland. I go in when I do a Montana game, I go in and sit in for about 20 to 30 minutes with Bobby Hauk one-on-one, feet kicked up on the, you know, I know him very well, but I Montana State, it was in with with vegan when we we did their game. And um, and then they open up, you know, when you sit with an old coordinator, a recruiting coordinator, a head coach, and you're talking one-on-one in person and you have a relationship, they do start talking about the game and some strategy they have or things they saw or you know recruiting stuff that mm. i have to balance when i do the games i can't go out there and say certain things on air that they've told me but yeah. i definitely can have some insight and come at from some angles that maybe if i was just on a conference call I wouldn't have gotten so mm. you know it's it's enjoyable and i have fun doing it
0: so talking about talking about that i guess what's kind of the uh hardest part and some of the like the fun things you behind the scenes i mean because I mean it's dope that you get to talk to both coaches, but how hard is it to like maybe not spoil something for the other coach? Yeah. Like maybe oh. maybe yeah. like Vegan says, Oh, Afonte's hurt. We all we all knew he was kind of banged up, but we didn't think he was gonna be that banged up. But like kind of talk about that for both sides and kind of not ruining your relationship with them because I mean you gotta have a good relationship with all of them to correct to maintain yeah. and stuff.
2: And it's a very sensitive thing because it's like credibility in anything, right? You can build up credibility over ten years of mm-hmm. doing something, and then one thing you do that's off—I mean, it's credibility gone. Someone yeah. can't trust, right? I mean, I, I i love my wife, and I love her, and but if she cheats on me, like we're done. Like it's—we've yeah. it's, been married for ten years, and if that happens, yeah, you're going to lose the ability, not only with that coach and the staff, Mm -hmm. but you're burning ties across the board because now everyone else knows like, hey, man, like you just, you can't talk to this guy or this group because they're going to put your business out in the street. So yeah, yeah, there are things that on the conference call when we do, which we usually do Tuesday or Wednesday of a game week, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get some information, some injury stuff, some players that are in or out, you know, and you can always tell the coaches that have um, have more experience with it because the the veteran coaches know us, know our production team. And so they just will talk because they know everything they're telling us is kind of off record. It's not being repeated. But mm-hmm. the new ones always are going. Now, this stays between us, right? And, yeah. and so it's just a it, it's a funny thing. Um, but, yeah, there's information. I mean, I've had years. I remember a couple of years ago we did an Eastern Washington game in Gage gabrood Um, he was getting surgery that next Monday. So he was for sure out of the game, Mm. but we're talking to their opponent and the coach is talking about the game plan and, you know, for gauge and all this and that. And yeah, I'm sitting there like, man, I, I, you know, i not
0: playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk more about your color commentating. I know. You travel a lot. Uh, we all know Missoula is your favorite place to go and commentate. Like, come on. Like, let's be honest here. Uh, why is that? And what are some other places you like? And what's your least favorite as well? So,
2: I, I I'll start on the back end of that. I don't have a least favorite because I I'm like a guy who just finds enjoyment in everything. I just That's I'm good. gonna yeah. enjoy being places, talking to people. If I don't vibe with someone, okay, then I don't have to interact with them. If I didn't like a place mm. that I ate at. Okay, cool. I didn't like it. I tried it. I know I'll go try a new, new, new spot. But um, as far as Missoula, it's an amazing town. I actually was just telling people. I've talked to my wife about potentially even, you know, moving out there. I I love the state of Montana. Mm. Uh, the city of Missoula is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, and the, the the food spots. I mean, Notorious Pig, awesome. The burnt ends, the the, the mm. pulled pork sandwich. Um, you know, I've I've eaten that in Bozeman and Missoula, we've done so many games out there that, you know, I've managed to hit up a a, a, a lot of different spots. And I don't think I've missed on one. I can't think of the, the spot, but the breakfast burrito that um, is um oh, the market. Market, or-
0: market on front, yeah.
2: Unbelievable. Like, that's Unbelievable. when I would catch a flight to Montana, literally just to go eat that freaking <laughs> breakfast burrito to fly back
0: home. And that Chipotle sauce is just, mm, it's so oh, good. Yep. Off the, off chart. the charts. Um, so kind of talk about, I wanted to talk about the brawl of the wild. Obviously that was such a special game for Montana and just kind of talk about um the prep that you did for that kind of the behind the scenes work. Cause I know, Um, I mean, it's a lot of work you guys do. And I I did some color commentating and some like announcing for like softball and soccer games. So I definitely know how, how tough it is, but obviously you're just on a larger scale. So.
2: Yeah, I mean it's all relative. I mean, I it, you know I can think I'm doing a lot, and then you go see someone doing you know a Big Twelve game or a NFL game or Super Bowl. Um, I I think f- for the week it's kind of a balance of you know the prep of watching film. Um, you know, some teams, some levels, it's easier to get more film and better film than others. But mm-hmm. um, it's a balance of watching film and just and also. Uh, getting online and getting articles like we have a, we have really good producers um, mm. at root. so uh, whoever we have a couple different ones so I'll know during the games throughout the year who's producing what game and then leading up to that game they'll send art- links of articles uh, from the different teams on certain players the coaches you know mm. so it's a combination of watching film myself doing research myself um, you know pulling things up on the coaches on the programs on you know wh- whatever it is having our producer uh, send us some different stuff and then also the big Sky does a good job of putting out um you know a notebook each week that has uh, the, the matchups of teams and kind of their you know different records and stats of players teams and then overall the conference and um, mm. all the words that were handed out you know weekly so uh, i think the big Sky conference does a a, a really good job. Of promoting itself, making it you know easy for for guys like myself to to do our job, and I thought Big Ten conference. I was so hoping game day came to Missoula, um, you know, and I think in hindsight they wish they would too. I mean, forty nine nothing at halftime of the game, they were you know hyping up compared to yeah. all of the wild and that environment. Mm-hmm. That was the loudest I've heard it in Washington Grizzly Stadium, and all the years I've done games, that game at times. I mean, it was. I've been where the Seahawks play. I've I've,
0: I've I played it in Nebraska. When louder than old. louder than Washington. Not gonna not gonna lie. At least my experience at Washington wasn't that loud. Maybe because it was a yeah. close game. But
2: well, it, and and sometimes I think people get it get it twisted, just because a stadium holds more people doesn't mean it's even loud. I mean, I remember my senior year at Washington, we played at Michigan. And at that time it was the uh, largest attendance ever uh, at a game. It was like 111,000 and it was an afternoon game. And it wasn't even really that loud. And I, when I was at Colorado, we played at Kansas state. And I think it was like 40 some thousand people, maybe 50,000. And like, it felt like the turf was shaking. It was so loud, you know? Mm. So I, I just, I think how big a stadium is and how many people can be in there. That's awesome. But I'll take 26,000 rabid fans at a brawl of the wild game any day over some stadium that holds 60,000, but only gets, you know, 14,000 people there and they don't care.
0: You personally, I mean, you studied Montana uh, and our season and stuff like that. I just wanted to hear your perspective on uh, what you thought about Montana's season this year. Like what are some things you like?
2: So I, I can tell you this, um, you know, you talk about Bobby Hauk, and you know, we do our calls with him. I'd meet with him, and you know, there's certain things he's a pretty straight shooter on. Some things, you know, he, Bobby never lies. He just doesn't always divulge all the information. So you got to kind of listen to sometimes his tone and angle. But he was saying it from the the first time we talked to him, like this is the best defense I've ever ever had here. And, and he said it last week. And I I think you know you've seen what they've done. Uh, all year but especially the last few games I mean that defense is physical and fast and disciplined and smart and they've got all the pieces I mean there is no weakness there you don't Mm. put on that film nothing usually when I watch film there's always something that'll stand out hey this corner is vulnerable you know hey this front is pretty soft hey this linebacker crew is good in run game but you know they're susceptible in the pass game Montana's defense you look at them and you're like there are no weaknesses pick your poison you know mm. what what do you want to do that's not going to work against them you know it's it's going to take a, a, for a team to beat Montana it, my worry when Montana is not defense I'll tell you that but yeah. any great defense if your offense doesn't help you out at some point it, it doesn't matter you're eventually you know especially in the playoffs against good teams you know gonna gonna give up points at, at some point. So defense awesome i mean robbie how what he does from that safety position i mean he is no no fear fear (laughs) fear fear. i mean this is the dude that like if you're up with your friends rock climbing and you know everyone's like oh there's water down there we should jump no it's too far i mean he's the first guy jumping before you even finish a sentence he's just like head first i'm going you know yolo and I, i but he 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 plays physical fast and all that, but it's not reckless. I mean, it's 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 smart how he plays. He knows when to fly down, he knows when to, you know, play a little bit more finesse. Um, so that whole defense is is pretty incredible. Mm. Kicker, I mean, w- w- what you saw him do in the Brawl of the Wild, I mean, that's a that's a weapon yeah. to be able to be that he's
0: from he's from he's from he's an Arizona boy. I'm not gonna lie. I gotta gotta shout him out. He's from Arizona, that's where I'm from. There so there you hey. go. Yeah, got to show up. Arizona, there's a
2: lot of talent that state recruiting wise, but my my worries with Montana um, Mm. is offensively, and it's it it, frankly at the QB position. You know, Mm. is is Cam is capable of playing at a really high level and and winning any game, but he's also capable of making some bad decisions, some bad throws, some bad reads, and you can get away with that if you're just superior to the the team you're playing you're playing against a southern utah you're playing against a northern colorado or a portland state montana's roster you take them 100 out of 100 times against those teams but now you say okay hey against eastern washington you know or Mm -hmm. against some of the other powerhouses north dakota states of of the world now you look at those rosters and you're like, hey, I mean, maybe I'd still take Montana's, but it's not a, a layup like that. So, mm-hmm. hey, in a title fight, I always say in boxing, in the title fight, the other guy's in, in, in the ring for a reason, too.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: so you can't expect you're just going to knock him out and get all the punches. He's going to get some on you, too. When you get to the playoffs and, and, and you're going to make a, 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 a run down the stretch, they're there for a reason too. What they did in regular season and through the playoffs. So, all of a sudden, interceptions or taking an unnecessary sack or not getting in the right protection or run check or mm-hmm. just missing a, a, an open guy, whatever it is where you could overcome that against inferior, you know, opponents at this point, you can't. So I I think if Montana is going to go win a national championship, Mm -hmm. I think Canada's is going to have to play at his A-game level all the way throughout. I don't think he has the ability and Montana has the ability for him to play at that kind of C, C plus, B minus, you know, level and for them to to be holding the trophy at the end of the year. Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpine touch.com
0: alpine touch montana's special spice as we continue on here uh i know rue sports unfortunately isn't covering the playoffs um for the fcs so now you're you're a spectator what are your thoughts on like the fcs bracket and some of the because there's four big sky teams that are playing this weekend two that are playing each other so it's
2: pretty crazy and i mean to see montana and you know, Eastern and what a good game that was in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now here they come back in in the playoffs and they're meeting up. I mean, I, it's unfortunate to me. I wish, I wish the big sky teams, you know, would only see each other in the semis or championship. Um, you know, ultimately there's only so many teams in the playoffs. And if it's that many big sky, they're going to play each other. And that's, just like the NFL, you might have a division opponent. You're playing twice, and now you play them in the first, you know, round of playoffs. It is what it is. Just you got to go do your thing. I think the Big Sky. I think it's a really good chance that one of the teams ends up making a run and going and winning it. I just, I just do with the the, the talent of the teams that are in it um, and. I just I think there's been years past where there was such a clear cut team where it was like everyone's playing for second. I think this is a year that it's 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 open. There there's a chance that a big sky team can go you know make a run and and end up being the the champions at the end of the year. And um, not saying that winner of Eastern and Montana um, is my favorite out of that, but man, I, I, you know, the winner of that, I wouldn't want to bet against.
0: Yeah, exactly. Who are some of your, uh, your key players on both sides for Eastern and Montana? Obviously that game uh, it's a big matchup on Friday night, which will be rocking at Mm -hmm. Walgriz. It's going to be cold, but hopefully it's packed out. So.
2: Well, it's going to be a lot different than when they played at Eastern, where the environment, I mean, Eastern, I love the Inferno. It's cool. You know, cool turf. Mm. It's, you know, Ah. but it's not Washington Grizzly. It's just not, it's not, you know, packed in like, you know, Eastern has open end zones, you know, the, the, the visitor size, not very, you know, big Washington Grizzly. I mean, it's packed in, you you know, you look around in any 360 degrees and it's fans it stands and it's going to be loud. The weather, um, is definitely going to be a, a, a factor, Mm. um, so it's going to be a way different environment than the regular season game. Um, but I, I, I think, I mean, you always are going to look at quarterback play, especially at this time of year, because that matters in today's game, maybe back in the day, a quarterback, was like, Hey, just do a good job handing off or making sure you're pitching to the, you know, the right spot. Yeah. Now, I mean, offenses are just, they, they revolve around a quarterback, you know, hmm. and, and especially an offense like Eastern you know, and, and what they do. So I look at quarterback play and without a doubt, the advantage goes to Eastern. Um, but Montana's offense is a, is a little bit different, you know, in, in what they're asking their quarterback to do. So I look at the quarterback play and say, can, can Barrier go in to a hostile environment in, you know, tough weather conditions against mm-hmm. a defense that is playing lights out? And when a defense is playing lights out, the swag and confidence they have, like that's what you need seeing because they just think everything they're going to do is right. And when someone's that confident, that's hard to play, man. Especially,
0: especially Justin Ford and his energy is just like, it's contagious and stuff like that.
2: You said it, it's, it's just, it's infectious. And, and I mean, that defense, those guys, I mean, just the way they're, they're like, it's just 11 alphas all there in unison. I mean, it's something crazy. and, You know that's going to be tough for Eastern to to go in and compete against, and I I think for them too, having you know getting getting some shots against you know Montana, where it's like, hey, maybe you don't put up the kind of numbers that you normally do, but you had a, a a couple big strikes, you know, and and we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting, and for Montana. you know you always talk about establishing the ground game I think the game has changed now you can you can establish a ground game by getting your passing game going now I mean that's Mm. where offenses have changed you know everyone's always well you got to get the ground game going it'll open up the pass play I'm like well shoot if the ground game's not there then that the pass game should be there there it's so 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 throw it so that's that's what I think Eastern is gonna do in fact I can how do I say it I can pretty much guarantee you <laughs> uh, they're they're gonna make Cam beat them. They're they're just you know, I, I don't think anyone likes matchups thinking of you know Roberts and a and Cam and you know those guys on the edge one on one. But I think you'd rather take that than just let someone run it down your throat. I mean, I don't think they're worried about they're not saying, hey, make a Cam beat us. They're saying make Cam beat us. You know, make mm-hmm. him make right reads, the right throws, be accurate with it. Um, so that's why I said, and I don't, I want to be clear. I like him. I think cam's talented. I, I knew him out of high school. I was, he, he was in the seven on circuit, you know, played for FSP. I mean, I, I've known Kim, I, mm-hmm. I think he's extremely talented. I just think it's been, you know, the definition of like sweet and sour. Like you see some plays where you're like, Whoa, that's, that's at a level where you could go make money playing this sport after college and another yeah. place where you're like, what, like, I don't even ex- explain to me why you did that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and for Montana fans, they need to get a lot more of that first one um, this weekend than, than the latter if, if they're going to beat Eastern.
0: Yeah, it'll be one hell of a game. Um, my next question for you, you've been around the Big Sky Conference a while, for a while. Um, there's a lot of things changing. I know Southern Utah's leaving. I know Sam Houston State's looking to go to the FBS. Where do you see the future of the Big Sky Conference in football? Going, yeah,
2: good question. I mean, I I think just the direction of college football, period, with with mm. you know realignments of of uh, conferences and and divisions and programs moving up, others moving down, you know, others you know changing where they're at. Um, I've I, I mean, in the Big Sky, Southern Utah uh, was very similar to me, like what North Dakota was like, I, they're in there, but is it really a fit? I mean, like mm. I look at the I-5 corridor and then, you know, East to, to Idaho and Montana, those make a lot more sense um, yeah. of, of being in a conference and, you know, the the Montana schools are the heavy hitters in the conference with just the power of those programs and the prestigiousness of it. So I think a lot of things are going to be driven by decisions, you know, those Those schools, you know, make where they want to be, who they want in there. I just think everyone's important, you know. But I, I just, I think some people are more important, Mm -hmm. and um, it's just going to be interesting to see. I mean, Portland State. I remember years ago, people were talking about them shutting their football program down. Period. And then Barnum comes in and has that one Barney Ball year, and they go crazy, and he gets a extension and a pay raise, and you know, and and everyone was ecstatic, and then you know, they started losing again. And so some programs you look at and you go, man, would they be better even going down to a division two level? Some of them, you say, Hey, would, would it be better being in a different conference where they could, you know, be more competitive others? You go, should they move up a level? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, do they go to a different conference? So there's, there's so many variables that I just don't know. You know, I'm not in those meetings with the, the, the league and administrations of schools knowing what numbers look like in other sports. And, you know, I, I just, I've seen in life, there's a lot of people that are driving a nice car and you think, man, they're balling and they're broke, you know, or someone that one of the richest guys I've ever been around. I, I remember first time I saw him, he was in a Harley Davidson t-shirt. It was ripped. He had some cargo <laughs> shorts on, he had a scruffy beard. And then, you know, a month later I'm flying on his private jet, you know, yeah. so I, I just, looks can be deceiving so with these program schools there's just so many factors that go into it that i just don't know um so it's 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 hard to say but uh it's always entertaining because change is inevitable i mean i i just change is inevitable changes are going to happen in the, the the schools the programs the people that are successful are the ones that understand that and instead of complaining about the change you just say okay this is the change okay it is what it is what's the best strategy from here moving forward
0: I got you yeah that's that's awesome uh speaking of change obviously today was the news about lincoln riley going to usc um there's some movement going on in the pac-12 and people moving west who do you think needs to take over university of washington next season because <laughs> I, I i saw an article and it said how the big 10 was was down a couple years ago whatever then they had an urban franklin came there Harbaugh. now you see they're a top conference what do you think who needs to take over UW, and what do you think needs to happen for the Pac-12 to, like, make their way back up?
2: Well, a couple of things to that. I always am careful on this because I anything I say on social media, then I get blasted. <laughs> I mean, Washington State, Nick Rolovich is one of my very good friends, right? So yeah. I just comment after they won the Apple Cup saying, hey, what dicker did was great, but Rolo, you know, hired the staff. It's his systems. You know, he mm. brought in a lot of the, the players that kind of fill in some gaps, and I just got – butchered on, (laughs) on social media. (laughs) Like saying coaches, I just, it's, I I don't even like speculating saying it because then people start hitting me with all the reasons I'm wrong. I I will say this, I think for, for Washington strategically, Mm. I think everyone is talking about, Hey, they need to go get this big name and that'll help, you know, drive excitement in the brand and I kind of laugh at that because with with fans, I'm like, you guys keep talking about what a prestigious big time program this is. So you don't need a big name coach to prove that you need a coach to come in and recruit the right players and to coach the good players in this great program you're saying you have. So I just I, I look at SC when they hired Pete Carroll, that was not a sexy, you know, pick. Yeah. I mean, that fan base was livid. They hated mm-hmm. that Pete Carroll hire. People really did. You go, I mean, they might have deleted all of that now, you know, or a couple yeah. years later. But if you would have gone back and seen the things they were saying at that time, they hated it. But he was perfect because... USC is a big time program. It was just get excitement, get the right kids, coach them. And when you start winning, people want to be part of that. That's when you talk about Franklin and you talk about Harbaugh and Urban, I mean, Michigan and Ohio state and Penn state, it's not like once those guys came there, now those are big time programs. We grew up knowing those were big time programs, right? They just kind of gone up and down. It was the coaches that were successful were the ones that, you know, got the right recruits in for their systems and just, did a great job of coaching, you know? Mm. So to me, Washington, the strategy has to be, you're going to be able to get great recruits. You've got great resources, all of that. Get a great coach and a staff that recruit players to, to, you know, their system and, and winning solves everything. You start winning. No one cares what you dress like, what your politics are. I I mean, like, it doesn't matter. They just, they want to win. Now, that being said, the Lincoln Riley hired at SC, I feel like SC is a little different. They're a big time program, but it's LA. So bringing in a big name like that, it, you know, I, I think in recruiting, I think the recruiting market in like Southern Cal is a lot more fickle than the Northwest. So yeah, bringing in Lincoln to SC might change some recruits, you know, put position on things. And, um, you know, I just, I'm feeling for the Oklahoma <laughs> family Man. rivalry game. You lose a chance at the playoffs and then, you know, less than 24 hours later, your
0: coach chucks up the deuces. I have a feeling, though. I feel like Caleb Williams, low key, might follow my USC. I got a, I got a, a feeling on it. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but imagine,
2: imagine him at at SC with Lincoln in that system throwing to the athletes. He he'd have an yeah. SC in that city, he'd be a he'd be a superstar. I mean, he already is a superstar. He's already a freak, but I'm, I mean, in LA,
0: as we as we wrap this up, um, you always met, you mentioned recruiting and how, um you run football camps and also seven on sevens and kind of help uh, people in Washington and stuff like that with recruiting. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole NIL? Cause I know NIL is a thing right now. Not a lot of people know what to do about it. I mean, it, it came so quickly right before the season, but it's going to come a lot after too. And you even got people from high school, skipping their senior year, going to college early, just crazy. kind of talk about all of that, the NIL and stuff and how, it, how it's affected you as well.
2: Well, I mean, I wish it was around when I was (laughs) in high school and college, um, but that's that's what I talk about. Change is inevitable. You know, you're just, it's never going to stay the same, you know, and Mm -hmm. in recruiting, yeah, and I own that the money is changing things and is really going to change things as people start to figure out their strategy in it. I think there were some programs that had a little bit more foresight to put things in place and be able to use that in recruiting. Like, hey, we've got this team ready. When you come in, we're gonna do this for branding and get you connected with this. And so for recruits and family, especially families that don't have much means when they're hearing that, all of a sudden that now becomes more appealing than certain things that were being sold five years ago or 10 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I remember Oregon was it about 10 years ago. They were like changing the game in having different uniforms, every game and uniformly <laughs> and all of that. And now that's standard. Yeah. You know? So it's just in this, there's going to be people that figure out strategies that are going to be more advantageous to them in recruiting than other programs. So I, I don't always love all the changes to the rules to, you know, I, I think in targeting rules, I think there are certain things that need to be modified in that. I hate, hate how a kid can be going in for a tackle and someone lowers their head and now you go and now it's a penalty and you're rejected from the game. Yeah. It's, and so, but, but changes are inevitable. So it's understanding what I'm always intrigued by is to see how do people adapt, you know, and, and pivot and, and strategize, you know, moving forward. So with, with NIL, I just, it's, I mean, Bryce Young is now a millionaire. He signed a seven bigger, you know, endorsement deal. So all of a sudden, now you have this freshman who is making more than the coaches on his staff and yeah. is living a college life. I mean, imagine I, I'd have gotten in really good with any of those guys. I'd been like, hey, parties at their house. You know, <laughs> he's taking a deal pass. Like,
0: yeah. But,
2: I, I think there's good and bad like there is to anything. My I, Where my mindset is in everything is, yeah, you can identify the good and the bad and make your case to it, but it doesn't change that that's now the new reality. So you might as well, you know, put that to the side and figure out how do you strategize moving forward and and mm-hmm. be ahead of the game.
0: Yeah, Bryce Young just beat Auburn. Probably going to win the Heisman. He's going to make so much more money after this season too. Crazy. Which is gonna be Crazy. Ridiculous. I appreciate you coming on again. What does the future hold for you? Um the rest of the year and as 2022 comes and onward.
2: So it's really interesting because for me during football season I do all this media stuff. Mm. Then from January through August, which is the football off season, now I'm in my season for running events. So I have mm. you mentioned seven on. I do tournaments in Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Alaska, we just announced one in LA. Wow. Um, and then we're going to keep in areas we do college showcases. We do one in Anchorage, Alaska, one in Portland, Oregon, one in Seattle. Um, QB events. So that's I just kind of always just it's like a on-off switch. Like boom, on is in football season media. Off is now my in season for off-season training. And so I have that balance, and I've just steadily kind of grown my business and brand. How can I be better next year than I was this year? What did I do well? How do I build on that? What did I not do well? And do I scrap it or what do I need to change to, to improve it? So it's just going through that. And, and frankly, bro, just enjoying life. I got my wife and kids and I think it's a balance of quality of lifestyle to me too. You know, I'm chasing the business and money makes the world go around. You got to have it for a lot of things, but also, you know, I went through a surgery where I had less than a coin flip chance to live. And when based in that situation and environment, you know, you realize like, when you're sitting on, you know, about to go into a surgery where you have less than a coin flip chance to live, it doesn't matter what's in my bank account, it doesn't matter, you know, what my status is, it matters what are people going to say about me, you know, when I'm gone, and what are the the marks and legacy I left. So I love working with kids and helping influence, you know, their life in, in sports and just in, in life. I love doing the media stuff where I can shine a spotlight on the coaches and games and, you know, the kids, I love doing this kind of stuff with guys like you who are, you know, you're, you're trying to build your brand and your name. So I, I I love being part of all of this.
1: At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, and it's, it's dope that you keep helping kids out, especially after the time you played and stuff like that. And um, all that you do, we love hearing your color commentating on Root Sports as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you doing this. Any any last remarks for you as well? And also, I, if I'd i be shooting myself in the leg if I didn't say, if Root Sports is looking for any intern or any <laughs> sideline reporter or anything like that, You know, let me know because I'm a senior, so you know, let me know if, if you, you need anyone.
2: Good deal. There's, listen, bro, there is always a need everywhere for good people. And it's it, it, more, more important to me, and I'll, I'll leave it with this in the business world, more important to me than someone's resume and what they've done is their reliability, their ambition. And I think ambition is a good thing. Like, where do you want to get to? And are you, will, will you sacrifice everything to get there? You know, I, I run my events, my, my son is four and a half my wife gave birth to him on a Friday. I had an, in Seattle, I had an event in Spokane the next day I was at that event and my wife understands it. This is the job. This is what I want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you know, I'm talking to you, you're a sharp guy. You're doing a good job with, with this podcast. So appreciate uh, it. and developing connections in the coaching world. So you, you stay on and you stay hungry. Um, You'll, you'll write your own ticket. Bro.
0: I appreciate you coming on. We'll definitely keep in touch. And, uh, I'm a little biased hopefully Montana' is the one holding the trophy at the end we can have another discussion another podcast after so
2: listen I'll, I'll be a happy man and I will happily jump on another podcast with you if Montana wins it or any big sky score wins it.